This episode of Carolina Sports Talk is brought to you by Southern Elegance Candle Company, where modern values meets Southern charm. Right now, check out their fall and holiday collection with candle scents such as Caramel Latte, Fireside, Sweet Potato, and Brown Sugar, and our personal favorite, Orange Spice. This scent is cloves wrapped in a citrusy orange essence that takes you all the way back to Grandma's house. This one is sure to be your favorite, just like it is ours. So be sure to visit secandleco.com. That's secandleco.com and use our promo code CRUX. That's C-R-U-X for 15% off of all regularly priced items. That's secandleco.com where they lovingly craft each scent and city combination to elicit a fond memory to whisk you away to a place of pure joy. This week on Carolina Sports Talk, we discuss NFL. Is Deshaun Watson the answer in Carolina? Is the Chiefs' dynasty over? We dive into NBA scores and discuss if there is trouble in La La Land. Plus, nothing to do with sports. Let's get it, y'all. Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your man, Big Cliff. As always, make sure you check us out on your favorite podcast app or tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can also hit us up on social media at Carolina Sports Talk on Instagram and Facebook, or you can hit us up on the uh, the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. Man, it's been a big week in sports, man. We got a lot to get to, so let's, without further ado, jump into it. Give a shout out to my main man, my dog in studio, in the building, in the flesh. DJ High Star, holla at the people, bro. It's good to be back. Good to be back, man. What's going on, people? Everybody out there in sports land. How y'all doing out there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What you been going, what's been going on with you, bro? Um, chilling, man. My story of my summer. Uh, just been on the road like, like I have been all summer. But um, at the end of the day, I'm... All in with basketball season right now, Big Cliff, because nothing with football season is going right for me right now. So whether it's fantasy or my true team and stuff, but hey, man. You just, you're just kind of plodding along. So man. is life. What are what you looking like on the fantasy, man? Because you, you got a couple Not of bad. leagues you, you in as well. So what are yeah. you looking like right now? Um, I believe I'm 4-2 and two in my, my league that I normally do every year. Um, then the other two... Um, I'm flirting with 500 in each of the other two mm. leagues, so it's it's not it's not like a bad it's not a bad thing. It's not a great thing it because as we is. all know in fantasy land or just in football land, it's a long season. Mm-hmm. Factuals, especially with the 17 game season this this year. So yeah, man. So I'm I'm I've got one loss in one of the leagues. As a matter of fact, in our Carolina Sports Talk League, and we'll make who sure is to- that who is that loss to. I got one loss in the Carolina Sports Talk League okay. to some guy who was pluddling along Just in his checking. seasons, apparently. I, I, I'm probably kind of solid in that one. <laughs> yeah, so in that league, I got one loss. In uh, my other main league, I've got two losses. And it seems like there's like three of us that are like five and two. 
So you still are like ranked like two or three or oh, something I'm like that, the right? Definitely. Oh no, of course that. But I'm just saying the number ranking is still like relatively high, even after suffering a loss or two and feeling like, you know, it, like it's like college football season again. It's the Floyd Mayweather effect in college football exactly. season. Oh, if I lose one game, it's over. It's a wrap. And the same way in fantasy football, you know what I'm saying? Got to get it in. Yeah. So really, in in that in the Carolina Sports Talk League, I am. Um, sitting in the number two spot because your, your man B seats man, Brad is out there balling. He's undefeated still. Smacked me up the other week. Yeah. Now this is the same guy who started the season off. And if you guys were listening to the show, uh, he mentioned it. Man, I'm just here playing football. Man, I ho- hopefully I don't go completely defeated and get a win. And here he is through seven weeks without a loss. So shout out to Brett seats man. Like I said, we're gonna have to get you guys back on that with it. But without further ado, man, let's go ahead and jump into some NFL. Uh, highlights for you guys. That went from being like too loud to too low, so we're going to make it happen. But Thursday night football started off week seven with the Browns taking care of the uh, Broncos 17 to 14. Shorthanded Browns did actually put up a pretty good show. On Sunday, uh, the Giants took care of the Panthers 25 to 3. We will definitely... (laughs) Listen, we'll definitely get a little bit more into that coming up. Packers over the Washington football team 24 to 10. Titans took care of the Chiefs in 27-3, handled them. We'll talk about a little bit about that as well. Falcons look good, 30-28 over the Dolphins. Patriots over the Jets, 54-13. Man, oh man, the Bengals looking real good over the Ravens, 41-17. The Raiders over the Eagles, 33-22. The Los Angeles Rams took care of the Lions in a reunion of such for a lot of those players, 28-19. The Cardinals remain undefeated, taking care of the Texans 31-5. The Bucks handled business against the Bears 38-3. And the Colts with a surpriser over the 49ers in San Francisco 30-18. And in the final in Monday Night Football, the Saints uh, in a pretty good game, even though low scoring 13-10. So with those games in week one, bro, which ones kind of stood out to you the most? The Panthers getting molly whopped. Um, the Patriots <laughs> dominating. Was a good game. The Chiefs, the Chiefs, and then I'll tell you why Cleveland's game stood out to me. The Thursday night game, Cleveland versus Denver, in my fantasy league, one of, um, I think our Carolina Sports Talk League, uh, we have a two quarterback league and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I uh, have Russell Wilson. So he yet he gotten he had since been IR'd out, um, and then I have two quarterbacks. I believe Matt Ryan and then someone this week that oh Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Matt Ryan had a bye week one week, <laughs> and then Justin Herbert had a bye week one week. So then while well, you're looking on the free agency wire and stuff like that, mm-hmm. there's only backups available or whatnot, right? So their projected points is point zero, point point one, or point two. Exactly. And you don't know who to get. Um, we recorded last week, got big deal, no thing, did everything and mm-hmm. let Thursday go because I had so much travel stuff on my itinerary let right, Thursday right. go by and I mean that was points there to get to pick up from Cleveland's backup because of their situation out being there. out yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's a good point when it comes to fantasy one of the things that um you gotta do is watch that waiver wire one of the things that I I made a rookie mistake myself I knew that I needed another backup I a backup quarterback um so I went out and seeking some trades and I recently traded for um, Chicago's quarterback, Justin um, Fields. Justin Fields, and didn't pay attention and realize that the quarterback that I was looking to cover in uh, for his bye week, Justin Fields has the same bye week. 
So now, <laughs> so now I got an extra quarterback that I'm really gonna be in the same predicament with, regardless. And right. so, yeah, it's it's one of those things you got to you live. Some people live and die by the waiver wire, man. Are you, are you a proponent of the early bye week or late bye week, just in general? For like, say for your team, like for the Panthers, for instance, would you prefer us to have a? Does it depend how the season's going? It does. Deal? It does. Uh, if it's if it's if we are just locked in like that early, go ahead and get that rest. That way we can focus in for the remainder of the season. If we're where we are now, I'm, I'm appreciative for this later bye because it gives us a chance to like stop midseason or closer to the to the end to make a try regroup. To, exactly. Try to run. Now, for fantasy purposes, I just I wish they would all just be like early on and just get on out the way because it seems like as soon as you get in a swing. Tough to manage. Exactly. As soon as you get in a swing of your, of your roster and how to handle it and everything, now you got these buys coming and like. Yeah, it's, and I've noticed, especially with the two quarterback league, because so as some of you guys may know from listening to previous episodes, uh, we do a two quarterback league for the um, shows league, and so as a result, with twelve league with twelve players in the uh, twelve teams in the league, that's automatically twenty four starting quarterbacks right there of the thirty two. But if you take and look, there's like <laughs> one to two, like you just said a second ago. So right, it is now, and also real quick, the taboo thing always is like. Don't get several players from a from one team, right? Because mm-hmm. of a bye week. Mm-hmm. But what happens when the fantasy football gods, you do the right thing, you draft different players from different teams, but all of those teams have a bye week on the same week. Oh, Why? It happens, Why? Bro. Why? But see, that's one of the things that you got to look at. Because if you notice during the draft, you, you can see, you can see when the bye Absolutely. weeks are, so you can kind of help. And that's one of the things that even when drafting, you got to be mindful of. Fantasy is a whole industry inside of an industry. It boy, literally, it is, and, and, and billion dollar at that. And it, and it, it really for me, it 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 shapes how I watch and consume football. Oh, of course. Not only Absolutely. am I going to watch my Carolina games, but now I find myself looking for Chief games to go and be able. To well, in the past, where you see Carolina get washed twenty five to three, I'm done with you the just rest had to of get the, that in, right? Because it hurt. I don't understand how. But anyways, thank you, bro. Thank you. Because I don't understand how it happened. But anyways, especially at Meadowland. Uh, but anyways, you're in Rutherford, Jer- in New Jersey, where you spent the last three years. Anywho, um, <laughs> when stuff like that happens in the past, I'll be like, man, bump football for the rest of the week. You know what I'm saying? But then you had a fantasy game. I mean, just stuff to live for exactly. <laughs> in football land. Like, it's like, well, I'm still fighting for something this week. It's like that con- consolence, if you would. You just said something that I had not yet considered or, or put internally. He he played like that because he felt home. It's something about New York. He just ah instantly good reverts. Point. I'm gonna play like trash, trash <laughs> man. I'm back. Oh, Let me see how like, many let's, say, let's talk about who gave him a hand though, or who hasn't been giving him any hands. You know what, Robbie Since, Hander, no Henderson. No. And I did have to do make a call back real quick because I called him Robbie Williams last week. If uh, you picked it up, uh-huh. so that is the correction. I don't whoever's name Robbie Williams out there. I hate that I disrespected you like that. <laughs> By even mentioning you in, you know what I'm saying, talking about this dude, but Robbie No Henderson. All of the receivers really, like in the last three games, <sighs> seem like they, it's almost like they don't want well, one to be you the know, quarterback. You know how like a cancer spreads or like, you know, birds of a feather flock together. It's like almost like DJ Moore was doing his thing. You know, he mm-hmm. got the, um, he has that infamous Steve Smith highlight where Steve Smith and, and Cam is kind of clowning right, or jonesing right, on him and stuff. Right. The young prodigy, the young protege. And now he's like, yo, I'll join you, Robbie Anderson. Yeah, we neither of us will. And Robbie Anderson just be like, I don't want it. No, you know. Hey, man, y'all just paid me Hot already, potato. so I'm good. 
Now, I will say this. DJ is not playing to the best of his ability, but he's still ranked as the number six wide receiver in the league right now. He's coming off back-to-back 1,100-yard um, seasons. And then it started hot. Right, year. and he's still even right now two touchdowns away from his career high of touchdowns. And so he's still adequate. It's, it's, it's got to be a lot. Now, I will say um, it, it's a lot to be seen when Christian McCaffrey uh, returns. to say that. Um, and we'll see how the offense, if that helps heal some of the woes that we're having. And and, and, and let's go ahead and jump straight to into me, that, it. My fault. But that production looks differently with Christian McCaffrey there. Like DJ Moore's production, those same exact numbers – but that looks differently with Christian McCaffrey there because we're not depending solely on DJ Moore. Exactly. And I think with DJ Moore there, um, the Panthers will have a defense that's going to be world class. Once we all get once once they get completely healthy, the defense is going to be who they are at the end of the day with excuse me, with the 52 different cornerbacks that we got out there mm-hmm. um, and, and with the, the talent that we have that can. We talked about it at nauseum, I guess, throughout different weeks with the, the hybrid players that we have. The defense is going to be who they are. Christian McCaffrey is the piece that allows a quarterback who's not as good to look way better. Exactly. Um, And to manage games easier or more efficiently. And small things. And not just with his playmaking ability in regards to the running and the catching, but who he is as a back with regards to blocking. I was just about to say that. Um, He'll pick up a block. He might chip. He might. He's still dangerous to do all of that stuff, but he's not afraid to. Meet the contact head on, and, 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 or even yeah. like to help Sam Darnold with regards to coverages to say, "Hey, you've got linebacker thirty-two Mike to the mic, thirty-two to the right. mic," and then he says, "Hey, no, look over here. It's a disguise. It's coming from a different way." He sees the game like a quarterback and and relays that court that information to his quarterback. So quarterback, so coming from the off from the sideline, he's not able to communicate that as much as he can while he's in the field. So he affects the game in so many different facets and capacities that him coming back is going to help Sam Darnold. But that takes me to our next topic. Um, with the loss and with Sam Darnold being benched in the fourth quarter this past week, it instantly, whether they meant to or not, has reignited the debates on whether or not the Carolina Panthers should trade for Deshaun Watson. Um, where are you at this point in, in the start of week eight? Where are you with whether or not the Panthers should trade for Deshaun? I've been thinking that they should have tried to get him. Okay. Simple as that. I don't know. <laughs> So <laughs> he's like, point blank, end of story. Next question. I was riding with <laughs> Sam Darnold because a certain sports Radamus told me to, and ah. I just... <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Did I tell you I to, or did I say... I trusted it. So I will, I will admit, I again... Trusted my if, black brother. Uh, there we go. So I... I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was a company man the first three weeks of the season, even though at the beginning of the you season... You need to dump, dump, dump yourself for that. You know, guess what? I'm willing. I'm willing. You know, but I will say this: I, I I held true to saying that he was not the long-term solution. I've said that since the off-season. I said it when we first traded for him. I said he had the potential, if he could reach his potential, to be at least serviceable. And that's and again, it's got to be Are the we right. Just talking fit. about excuses in pre-production. <sighs> I okay. can neither confirm okay. nor deny. But at the end of the day. He's not the long-term solution. I, I, I've said it before, and I'm going to consistently say it. Even if when Christian comes back and he returns to that serviceable point, I think that's the best-case scenario. There's a lot of folks saying uh, the reasons why he should, why he should. There was even an article on ESPN.com uh, from the team writer David Newton that said the Carolina Panthers should consider the message if they pursue Deshaun Watson. We knew a couple of years ago there was the whole rigmarole in Charlotte with regard to Jerry Richardson and the workplace misconduct and sexual, um, all of those issues. Right, allegations and stuff. Exactly, and what that would look like. And so David Newton went into it and was saying how 
the Panthers not only shouldn't trade because of that the on field, but the culture, right? But the message that the, the off field stuff would bring as well. Honestly, I think David Newton needs to just shut up on that regard because um, these are allegations. Nothing has been proven. Now, in that in that same article, somebody alluded to this being the past, right? Mm-hmm. As well, who was that? The owner, right? David Tepper. Oh, okay, no, he said. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. So basically, with this, the things that are being alleged of Deshaun Watson right now have not been concluded. They're not fact, and and we've said and talked about that even with the episodes when the, when just how much suspicious and fishiness was around, even the nature in it. I think if it gets the most likely scenario is that. All, if not the majority of these cases, are settled outside of court before there's any type of law enforcement involvement. Um, even if it doesn't come, I really feel like he'll be found innocent because of the amount of information that he has provided and that has been coming after the FBI has gotten involved. But at, at all of that being said and done, I do not think that the Carolina Panthers should trade for Deshaun Watson. Okay. And here is why. The capital that it was going, it is, will require... The 31? 31... Well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm oh. talking about the 22, the 2022 option or whatever for the 31 million. Not even the, the money, the, the the draft picks that we're going to have to get. I see what it's, you're saying. It's incredibly okay. likely that if we are able to get a package for him, it's going to have to include Christian McCaffrey. And so to be able to give him up, plus any defensive talent that they're going to require, plus whatever first and or second round picks in the future, it's just too high of a cost, especially when... At the start, <laughs> go ahead, bro. Especially <laughs> when at the start of 2022, there's going to be a quarterback that is on his farewell tour, essentially with his team this year. He, in the very same mold that Tom Brady Rogers. was expecting, you just gonna steal because my, you're, you're doing too much pop and <laughs> circumstance, and I had to call you out on something else before we go before we move on, and you're gonna make me forget, bro. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no. Don't cut me off, bro. Listen, there was just a short time ago where you was ready to give up the kitchen sink, the kitchen refrigerator, Christian McCaffrey's injury ridden Mm -hmm. self Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So what changed so quickly that you got to do this 180 to our faithful Carolina Sports Talk listeners, bro? What changed? The sexual allegations? Those have been there. No. Newsflash. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. The article that we read. The thing that changed was Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) Not even Aaron Rodgers. The defense. And here's why. The the capacity that they now have to literally be a Super Bowl winning defense is an attraction for a lot of different players. I don't think that we were as attractive. And at the start of the season, there was never an idea or a thought that Aaron Rodgers or even any other marquee Russell Wilson, any of those types of quarterbacks would want to come here. But knowing that, one, next year there are no marquee quarterbacks in the first round of the draft. It is, however, littered with offensive linemen and wide receivers. And so if you take and use that same draft capital and instead of giving it away, use it to build the offense, the defense is already going to be what it is because all of the core are either young or on rookie contracts or going to be willing to come back. Look at Tom Brady in Tampa. They had a core that was established before he got there. And when he came, more players said, I will take less to come and win with Not him. Not to mention the players that won the Super Bowl with him would, again, exactly. stay, want to stay and, and take less as well. I see that with Chin happening or some of the Carolina loyalists. All of them wanting to be saying, hey, take the money, 
pay an Aaron Rodgers, pay a Russell Wilson, use your draft picks for an offensive line, build the offense, add a couple of extra, get rid of Robbie No Hands No Henderson, and now you've built an offense to match your defense. And realistically, with one to two pieces on that offense, this is a Super Bowl co- contender next year. We're only missing one thing. What's that? Your resume down there in Rock Hill at the new uh, offices. You, I don't know how you're going to get all this IP and this information over to the top brass at the Panthers. Because you're saying it with so much conviction. And it, it sounds great. It sounds sexy. I ain't going to lie. But I mean, <laughs> how are we going to get this message? Are we going to email them? What are we going to do, bro? Because I mean, me once they have- give away five uh, draft picks for the next three years, <laughs> I'm going to be tight. But and, and honestly, though, I think that is... There's always a reason or a why behind the why. I think what Matt Rule said at the press conference last week prior to the stinker that Sam Darnold did was he is our quarterback the remainder of the year. We're sticking with him. We're not interested in Watson. I think that they already know everything that I'm saying. They're just being quiet about it. ESPN hasn't had the the runs with it yet because what's hot is Deshaun Watson. Oh, it's not Miami or bust. That's what's hot. When you when you say they know everything that I'm saying, you mean that it's an attractive place for some veteran quarterbacks Absolutely. And, and other winners. Absolutely. To come Literally, through. it's the same mold and format that of Tom Tampa Brady Bay. took of Tampa Bay. You've got the team, the defense that is nasty. You now add in your players that we've got, gotten it via trade, your Hendersons of the world, your fellas coming home, all of those guys. And you add in JC next year healthy. Christian McCaffrey still stays in Carolina because he's not involved in any trades now. He's still under contract. It, it is it is an ideal scenario. The one weakness that everybody could have as an as a proponent or opponent of it is, oh well, offensive line. There are literally seven first round worthy offensive linemen coming out of the draft next year, and not to mention how many ever in the second and third. Not to mention now the Tom the Tom Brady effect, if you would, or the Aaron Rodgers effect, or the whomever it may be. You get that marquee quarterback with that defense and these offensive skill positions and Christian McCaffrey with right. all that we've relax. already said. First relax. First relax, bro. Now, is 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 Tanyan going to be A-Rod's Gronkowski? Who? <laughs> exactly. 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 Tanyan or whoever whoever he's throwing to right now. Listen, Devontae Adams is out of his contract this year as well. Now, I know he's on the COVID list this week, so he won't be playing. Listen, did who in their right mind thought Tom Brady was going to Tampa? Not not one of my sports Stradamus sparks ever you know considered like that to you? be a reality. You know, I like you all. Your sports takes are confident. Listen, now. It's, I mean, I'm just saying it is what it is. So definitely, I am interested to see how that shapes up. Um, although I disagree with the reasons that David Newton say, I wholeheartedly agree that we should not trade for Deshaun Watson. Deshaun. And so... Um, I mean, yeah, when you really break it down logistically, if, if you're going to get this dude and then he's not going to be able to play because he's got to wait or he's tied up in like mm-hmm. litigation and stuff like that, then, you know, what's the, I, I mean, I feel bad for the homie, but he just shouldn't have been having all those happy endings. All right. Bro, so what's the, Hey, if that's his thing, I mean, do your thing, bro. But no. And, and honestly, the, a don't franchise, do your thing, bro. Not if that, <laughs> no, don't do your thing. If you, yeah. Carolina sports talk. If it's not, creep life. Yeah. <laughs> Does not condone the use of uh, uh, happy endings via your massage therapist. Right. But no, honestly, a franchise quarterback has a, a means to change around the perspective of a franchise. Prime example, the Chiefs, prior to getting Patrick Mahomes, weren't 
who they are now. That's they were very point. much similar That's an awesome point. to who we were. Now, that takes me to our next point, that the Chiefs dynasty is in trouble. Um, there have been some recent discussions on whether or not they even were a dynasty. I say they were simply because, again, that franchise quarterback. But your man Patrick is out here giving them the Patrick. million dollar man. Listen, he had to give them the Patrick discount, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's doing one of those State Farm commercials, like, giving them the Patrick price. Like, they are. he is not playing confident football right now. And his offensive line sucks. He, his his wide receivers can't get off. Like it just seems like they're a completely different team out there in Kansas City. So that begs the question: Is this the Kansas City Chiefs dynasty over? Um, if you're asking me, I say no, um, only because who's at the helm? Andy Reid has shown tied to try, time and time again, tried and tried and tested and stuff as far as battle tested and everything, and he knows how to bounce back from adversity. They're th- what they're experiencing right now is kind of um, a little bit of what I call kind of like a warrior syndrome type thing. Um, warriors alluding to the Golden State Warriors, right? And Wardell and all of those guys. Mm-hmm. So when Steph and, and Clay got injured and, and they were just, the Warriors were not such, you know, um, who we knew them to be. They were still getting everybody's best shot. So, right. you know, at the same time, the Chiefs, if they get an injury here or if a a uh, receiver is, uh, you know, questionable up until game day here or there. They're still going to get the opponent's best shot, and that's what they've been getting. They've been getting punched in the mouth all season on the during the first halves. The first couple of weeks, Patrick Mahomes was able to hide it and disguise it with come from behind wins and, mm-hmm. and performances in the second half. But more or less, these last couple of weeks, those punches in the mouth, those initial punches, have been, you know. And leaving the mark, yeah, leaving the mark. You know what I'm saying? Some Deontay Wilder uh, hooks or whatever like that. So there are three reasons that a, f- a football team fails to be successful. It's either lack of talent, lack of execution, or coaching. And honestly, right now, they are d- the Kansas City Chiefs are deficient in all three realms. They're, they're not talented on the defensive side. They literally can't stop anybody. That's nothing new. Their defense at least was somewhat adequate enough to be able to allow the, some more superior offense to overcome a lot of the things that they had. But with where they are now, they're just not talented enough. And so the the talent thing isn't something that's easily fixed in the middle of a season because with the trade the trade deadline being November the 2nd, it's next week, there aren't but so many moves that they can make on a defensive side, especially because they are in the cap situation that they are now paying half a billion dollars to their quarterback. Secondly, the lack of execution. They are the third most penalized team in the National Football League. And that speaks straight to discipline. They, they, the mentality, a lot of it is because of the RPO. Their offensive linemen are used to blocking for, for, for RPO when they need to be doing a bit more dink and dunk. I, I heard him talk about it on the four-letter that he essentially just needs to turn into a game manager at this point because there's so much that his offensive line can't do that he's used to them doing that they're not at this point. They spent all that money getting the t- the left tackle from Baltimore, who comes from a primarily run-first type of offense. He's not a pass-blocking tackle. And so to have him in there trying to do this RPO stuff, they're literally looking around to see, oh, is he is he bas- passing? Does he have the ball? What are we doing? And so they're uncertain. One of the, the benefits of an offensive player is that you know the play. You know where it's going. You know how you're supposed to execute defense is much more reactionary and so their their 
allowed the opportunity to read and react a lot quicker. Offense is knowing this is my spot, this is where I have to go to, and that's their edge. They don't have that edge right now, and with them being so RPO heavy, they don't have that option and ability to be able to know where the play is going. And so that's causing a lack of talent on that end to then become a coaching problem because now they, if the coaches realize, hey, we don't have the talent to run the RPO the way that we do. They need to get back to fundamental football, running the football, establishing the football. I know it's going to be harder with Edward Delaire still on the shelf right now, but they need to find a way to get back to fundamentally running the football, which will then allow their passing game to open up, and then they can start mixing in some of that RPO then. They are still trying to be the last year's version of themselves when in reality i think those days are gone they don't have the personnel and the rest of the league you, i hate to use the, for the term the rest of the league is caught up to them the rest of the league has film they have film they have the super bowl to the see what tampa exactly lie. to see what tampa bay's defense did to them and even in watching the game this week i watched and it's a lot of what Sam Darnold hasn't been able to do with Christian McCaffrey out. The check down, the outlet, the levers. We talked about that either maybe off camera or just last week in general. But we talked about that definitely. Exactly. The and difference so, between Hubbard and McCaffrey. Exactly. And that's what he doesn't have even now with Edward Delaire and without a line blocking. And, on, and, and in addition to that, Patrick Mahomes has that mentality, oh, I got to make a play. I got to be a superstar. There was a throw where he had Kelsey over the middle, wide open, but he wanted to do the no-look pass. And he airmailed it. It was like, yo, relax. Come on, bro. Right. Settle in. <laughs> throw with your legs or turn your hips like you need to. Like, you and Lamar Jack, y'all could get away with the upper body strength, bong, bong. Exactly. But, yo, go back to your... Sometimes you want to tell Cam that whenever he was on the field, right? Like, bruh, you're doing the most. Like, your man is five yards away from you. Don't throw a bullet pass at this guy. Touch. He's not going to catch it. <laughs> yeah. He wants his fingers, Cam. Right. right. <laughs> Exactly. It, it is bewildering to me the things that I, as a, just a regular commentator, I, as a sports fan, of, as someone who consumes it, sees from the X outside. And then that takes me to the third point, coaching. How is it that Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy don't see what everybody else sees and are allowing these things to continue to happen? It's like, what are you doing with regards to correction? Not even end game afterwards, because with the way that they have been, I think they're like two and four, two and five right now. It's like, you should have figured this out by now. Your offensive line is not an RPO blocking scheme type offensive line. Get back to fundamentals, run the ball, push people off the line, and then that opens everything up for these world-class athletes that you got on the outside. So to answer the question and go back to it originally, uh, is the Chiefs dynasty over? No, unless they don't correct these problems. Is the half a B, is the half a billion that the organization invested in Patrick Mahomes, is that... Making again because you say he's 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 away from the efficiency that he saw in his early years, like like, mm -hmm. and you resulted to your athleticism and your um your God given talents if everything else Break failed, down. and that's mm -hmm. what the difference was. It seemed like back then. Now it's like it's he needs to become that entertainer, or he wants to live up to that mm -hmm. five hundred million dollar hype, and it's like, bro, you don't have to do all of that. You know what I mean? Your true highlights used to come from a regular uh, fundamental play breaking down and then you showing us your natural ability and your natural talent. Exactly. I don't know if it's so much him thinking that he needs to live up to it or as much as it's just basically the expectation, I got to go be me now. Like this is what mm. people know. So I don't know if it's the, the 500 mil or if it's the, the <laughs> hype and the, all the pomp and circumstance. Hall of Famer. Because like, nah. he, like he has like a pseudo Russell Westbrook, Kobe, 
type of like fire, like it's pseudo now. Right. Like so, I don't want to give him all the credit in the world for it, but it comes out that second half when they getting stomped and they got a foot up they behind. Then he's gonna come out on the field and he had a little swagger and and you know what I mean, he might pump his fist or fire. And it's like, bro, you don't have to be what they say that you need to be. But I mean, five hundred M's is a lot of pressure from, and you hear probably hear different voices and a lot of voices from different people like telling you how you need to, you know what I mean, conduct um, yourself. Imagine that the 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 we as regular people deal with like the social media stuff and all that. Imagine with an extra five hundred dollars, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I got a two dollar raise on my job. Don't she think she tough? No, but like really, like imagine five hundred million dollars, bro, and the Instantly. stress that's got to come with overnight. that overnight that gets wired into your joint by nine Bing. o'clock tonight. Signing bonus four hundred forty million. I'm going to the Jeep dealership, bro, and that's just the <laughs> that's just the drop in the. You feel what I'm saying? That's just right. the drop. That's not even what I'm gonna. That's not even gonna be the damage that I do. I'm going to go to the Jeep dealership just off of GP whenever it hit my account. But 500 M's? Why it to you? It's, it, it, it goes to the different level of mentality uh, that these players have to, to really deal with. And not just the physical. At the end of the day, they are the physical specimens that they are. They are like God-given talent and natural stuff that some of us regular folks could only dream and never really imagine. But yeah, nah, the psychological component that's got to be there. They're, they're, there's a lot to be said with that. But mm-hmm. um, it'll be interesting to see how they recover with the re- remainder of the season. As we mentioned, the trade deadline is coming up soon. Football is in full swing. But uh, in the middle of all this football, man, we got some good basketball out here. So we're going to run down a uh, couple of NBA scores for you real quick. Uh, and then we'll jump into some of the headlines in the NBA. Yeah, starting off um, with the NBA scores. Before I start that, I just want to make clear how much I hate how you pronounce basketball. But nevertheless, uh, Monday, October the 25th, we're going to start off with the Celtics and the Hornets. Uh, The Celtics took the Hornets to overtime to hand the Hornets their first loss. Jason Tatum with 41 in that game. The Bucks over the Pacers. The Bucks continued their winning ways as well, being 3-1. Beat the Pacers 119-109. The Hawks over the Pistons, 122 to 104. The Nets beat the Wizards, 104 to 90. The Heat over the Magic, 107 to 90. The Bulls continue their winning ways and remain undefeated, um, 111 over the Raptors, uh, 108 points. Now the New Orleans Pelicans, they uh, took down the Timberwolves, 107 to 98. The Cavaliers uh, beat the Nuggets, 99 to 87. And the Clippers. Uh, edged out the Trailblazers 116 to 86. Now, um, those were the scores from Monday. I did want to give a quick shout out to some of the younger talent out there that's doing their thing. I want to say Jalen Green. I want to say Anthony Edwards. And of course, John Morant, the young veteran that he's becoming. Like he's a veteran rookie out here, (laughs) like like a young veteran out here doing his thing. So I, I, I love the tenacity and the fearlessness of all of the younger stars out there. And again, that last score that I brought up, the Clippers and the Trailblazers, I did want to bring up uh, another team that's out there in L.A. But first, any uh, any thoughts from the scores or from the games um, thus far this early in the season? We're about four to five games in. Certain mm-hmm. teams got about three games under their belt. Certain mm-hmm. teams got up to five. What's your thoughts? Um, I, I agree. And I love the way I love the, the direction of the league. Even Houston uh, with your man Jalen. Uh, that's what I'm talking. You're right. Right. Oh, the. 
It's a lot of good. Anthony Edwards do not care about nobody. Nobody, bro. Like he's gonna hurt somebody's feelings and body before the end of this season. Pause. Like he is he, him. Jaylen, I started saying Jalen Ramsey. Uh, Jalen down in Houston. Like, and uh, it, it seems like Ja Morant was the one who. It seems like he led the brigade of, yo, I'm young. I might be like thin or skinny or undersized, like what y'all call it. But I'm athletic as a mug, and I'm gonna show off, like. For me, I, and I said it uh, early on when um, I want to say back in February and March that he reminds me in a lot of ways of a young Kobe, with that tenacious athleticism, with that mentality of "Nah, I gotta win. I'm a dog." And like, granted, I know where he came from. I know his like, I know his teachers from middle school and stuff. And so he's always been that guy, but now he's he's on that stage where. It's almost the reverse of Patrick Mahomes. It's like, yo, I don't care that I'm, that y'all say I made it. I got stuff to prove to myself right now, and so I got to do this for me. Like, I'm still gonna be the same. Like, the same circus stuff that he was doing in AAU at the circus around here in the southeast, he's out there doing in the league, in the right? NBA now. And professional exactly. basketball, like world class basketball. My um, business partner, um, Dr. Buford, down there in Charleston, mm-hmm. he played basketball with his old with with Ja's older brother okay. at Morris um, College. So. Of course, Ja was just a ball boy back then and stuff. And, of course, he's got those type of stories where that's the type of relationship he has with Ja. Where Ja, I'm not going to say it looks up to him, but that's the, you know what I mean, the perspective that Ja knows. Yeah, that's my big bro. Yeah, right. Exactly. You know what I mean? The same kind of similar with you. Once he sees the connections that you have with the people that's so much older than him, then it's almost like, well, hey, how you doing, sir? He probably, you know what I'm saying, would approach you like that. Even when um, his birthday party that he had, right. a couple of our partners was working security for him and just was like, yo, tell him I want to uh, <laughs> interview. And they were like, all right, we'll see what you do. I was like, yo, tell him now. And then I saw that his coach, because they were FaceTiming, I saw his high school coach, B, also another class one night. I was like, yo, B, tell Ja I need an interview. What's up? He's like, man, I'm going to try to get it. So Ja, if you're listening, B, if you're uh-huh. listening, any of y'all, go ahead on. We, we, we got you right the here. We premier, got a spot ready. The premier spot. For Carolina sports. Whenever you're talking anything about sports mm. in Carolinas, we are the one-stop shop for it, man. <laughs> Straight bars. Like yeah, Straight like bars. That. <laughs> but yeah, let's go into this La La Land drama. Um, not the Clippers, but what look, I'm gonna just put it like this, okay? I don't know if Mercury was in retrograde out there in, <laughs> out there in LA, but I'm out of town, right? I'm gonna mm-hmm. paint this picture for y'all. I'm out of town. <laughs> I think this was Friday night. I was like minding my business, doing whatever I was doing during the day. And I get to my phone and look at Twitter. And I think I see Dwight Howard trending. I say, oh, let me let me click on this. And the next thing, I, no, it, it was actually AD and Dwight was the trending topic. AD and Dwight. So I look and the next thing I see is AD, who's seven years younger than Dwight. Mm-hmm. Giving him a pressure point and sitting him down yeah, with one of them old head. man pressure points <laughs> and making him sit down, bruh. First of all, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling like channeling my inner DJ High Star right now. Yo, that's nothing. Yo, relax. Matter that's fact, nothing that I would say right there, bro. Well, it sounds like it's nothing. Me. I would say relax, but I wouldn't say that's nothing, yo. Relax. That's how I sounded it just now. Anyhow. I know we're not doing big deal, no thing, but at the end of the day, <laughs> nah, that ain't no thing. <laughs> there ain't nothing going down, bro. It's just, you know what I'm saying? My dog Dwight was in his feelings because he didn't make the 75 anniversary. Please, yeah, give you know context the way that you did and so, for me, at bro. the end of the day, he's snubbed, and, and it's, he realizes and recognizes. Is he? Yes. Without, Dwight 
Howard is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Does that make him a top 75 player of all time? Name 10 because we're, in the history well, 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 of the league better of all, First him. of all, we went through this before. Mm-hmm. We did go through this before, and I ran down like 20. But secondly, <laughs> does being in the top 50 or the top 75, or rather being um, a Hall of Famer, does that necessarily bump you into a top percentile of all-time greats that we're talking about? With comparison to some of the names on the list, absolutely. The singular reason that Dwight Howard is not on that list is because he is jokey. It's the same reason that he started off. So what's the problem with that? His his whackness shouldn't relate or reduce him in the eyes of his basketball ability. It shouldn't, Big Cliff, if it doesn't affect his performance. I've seen his whackness have a, a detrimental effect on his performance over the years where where he has become a um an NBA journeyman he has believed that about himself so when he gets a easy uh, easy youp that he used to almost break the backboard with in Orlando mm-hmm. he's fumbling the ball whenever it's in the air bro and not completing the dunk let's let's be real bro let's call a spade a spade bro now is that because of his jokiness or well cuz at the end of the day he's old he is he is a player that's been in the league now for some He's thinking, been fumbling 15. alley oops. And you think that's as a since result Atlanta, of Atlanta, his... since his first stint run in LA, bro. First of three. <laughs> yes, he's been fumbling alley oops since then. He I and it was around the time, God bless the dead, that Kobe was was here and and they had their contentious time that the narrative was painted that Kobe cares only and solely about winning, but Dwight. He has fun with life, and he enjoys life, and he's just, you know, it's it's a game. It's not that serious. It ain't life. You know what I'm saying? It's just the basketball. We're just putting it in the net. And let's see where that's gotten him. Let me ask you this question. If he wasn't as whack as he is, and I keep calling the man whack. That's what I'm saying. I think I'm making my point because you keep bringing up how whack he is. If he wasn't perceived to be as whack as he is. On the coolness factor, you're saying. Right. Would he have made that list? I still don't, again, I, I think that there is a visible, visual, his first three to five years in the league, he was an, undoubt, an unstoppable force. Let me ask you this. Did Blake Griffin make that team, the All-75? No. Okay. I think, personally, I think both of them have similar trajectories in their career. And honestly, I think that Blake is still more, to this day, is more productive than Dwight could be or whatnot. That's, whoa, that's whoa, what I'm whoa. thinking I'm because he he still has his mid range his his, his jump he can score still Blake can still score go ahead you, so you're telling me right now at this stage if you could trade your body and be and have Dwight Howard's career and be Dwight Howard right now or Blake Griff, Blake Griffin's who are you taking whose career yes what am I going after both of them are jokey <laughs> but again Blake Griffin. I think has is more Blake offensively is more sk- than Jokey though, bro. He's more he's he's more offensively skilled. His highlights are still there in the beginning of his career. The way same way Dwight's how, um, highlights were there in the beginning of his career, but Blake has had to sustain the Pistons and and try to keep them relevant. He's contributing right now to a Nets team who's short of Kyrie Irving, but he's still looking to contribute. He's not. Fumbling passes, fumbling alley oops, bro, and that might be the only knock that I have against Dwight. But I don't like that, bro. You right next to the rim, dunk that, bro, dunk that. Now, are you saying that because you you wish you was six ten? And-, and no, it's because I seen it too much from him, where the ball just in the point guard is looking like, I when I, I, when I, you I, was in Orlando, you used to do this with your eyes closed. 
I get that, bro. People were scared of your shoulders. <laughs> that dude as soon as that, as bro. soon as the Atlanta rumors started going around, and you know what I mean by Atlanta rumors, mm-hmm. then his performance mm-hmm. started to decline, mm-hmm. and it, that's his fault. He reached for other people, junk on on camera and stuff like that, getting caught on the bench, horse playing, and all of that stuff, man. While we trying to win, you kidding me? So I will say this: the missed alley oops isn't enough for me to outweigh this this hall of. First ballot Hall of Fame career at the bro, end of the day. We're bro. not arguing that. And we're so, arguing 75. But even with that, there So stop stop no. changing that goalpost, bro. Anyway, as we get back to the main point that we were talking okay. about. Yeah. What's wrong with these? <laughs> he was in his feelings about it. We we can argue back and forth till we blew in You're the right. face. You're right. He was upset about it, understandably, because he, similar to I, feel like he was slighted. So he was um in a tizzy. <laughs> he was arguing with op- opponents. He was fussing at the referees. He was in his mood. And so going back to the bench, um, your boy AD was hollering him. He's like, yo, Dwight. Da-da-da-da. And Dwight kept walking like he didn't hear him. It's like, yo, you're not going to disrespect that's, another hate, man, That's bro. a pet peeve of mine, by the way. What, just ignoring somebody? When, and this is my thing. <laughs> From AD's standpoint, I didn't do nothing to you. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Why are you spreading that energy on to me? I might be asking you what you want to drink after the game or if you want to get something to eat or something, man. And you just spreading all of that. Yo, don't be a little... That's what I'm saying, bro. You acting... It's immature, bro. <laughs> I'm not arguing that. Right. But at the end of the day, you ain't never had a bad day and somebody come talking to you and you be like, yeah, I'm not really trying to hear that right now. I will at least address them and acknowledge them and say, no, nah, I'm not really trying to... I won't just straight ignore <laughs> <laughs> And at the end of the day, you got millions of eyes on you, whether it be in Staples or And that's why AD couldn't let that slide. Bro, you're not going to, nah, what you're not, like, I understand your panties is wad right now, but relax, bro. You're not going to, and so I understand it. And that's why when it happened, I already knew the context involved because I was waiting on his, after the press conference for them to ask, so Dwight, how do you feel about being snubbed from the 75-year team? Man, honestly, man. I'm just here to win another champion. I expected, I completely expected it. Then when I saw, oh no, he big mad. I I already knew and that, that big unprofessional. So even more reason why we made the right choice and not picking him for the 75th. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, what? So that's another reason. That, uh, is it not? How unprofessional is that, bro? That's like saying to me, like the baseball hall of fame, which is the most trash one of all times. There's no reason why Barry Bonds shouldn't be in that hall of fame. Certain things like Mark that. McGuire. Pete Rose, correct. Pete Rose. Pete Rose. But still, again, all these things matter. This is professional sports entertainment, bro. That's what it is. But it's not the sports entertainment hall of fame. NBA. It's the National Basketball Association, which has become what? Sports entertainment. It might have started off as just sports and competition, but it's a billion-dollar industry right now. All right? Did Kyrie make the list? No, he didn't. You know who was a real snub, though? What was that? Bernard King. But that's neither here nor there. I'm a Knicks fan. You know who okay? else I think was a snub that really should have been on the list? George Mikan. Nah. nah, I'm just playing. He's on the list. He's on the list. Nah, Clay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that, There's one. no yeah. reason Clay shouldn't have been on the list. I understand he's been hurt consecutive and, and played in like 14 years at this point, but there's no reason he did. He's one of the greatest shooters ever. He might be a better shooter than... than nah, nah, I'm not going to go that I was about to say, watch your blood pressure. Let, let me not, let me not tell that what, But nah, still, but still, <laughs> but still. The basketball ilk that he comes from and then mm-hmm, his execution mm-hmm. since he's been in the league. But my thing is, these type of lists, because you know me, bro, I'm a hip-hop enthusiast. So whenever a list comes out, you know they, they it's almost like they create the list for True. the snub conversation. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, everybody can't be honest. Like, 
I understand that this is a society of the whole participation ribbons and trophies and all that, but at the end of the day, some stuff is just wrong. I saw somebody had like a top 25 player list of all time that had Kobe like number 23 on the list. Sometimes it's like, really? I mean, really? So no, um, I think those those things lay there. Now, if we're going to talk about the overall and getting back to the main point again with drama and La La Land, um, <laughs> at the end of the day, you know that there's a saying that you don't nothing matters in basketball except the fourth quarter. I'm going to relay that to the overall outlook of the Los Angeles Lakers. Los Angeles Lakers. It doesn't really matter until we get into the end of the season. Oh, see, right. And you see how predictable what you're saying is and how hard it is for me not to cut you off, bro, because you're saying everything that's predictable, all right? Everything that you're saying is predictable Predictability from a Lakers fan. Listen, predictability does not negate truth. Let me ask truth. you this, though. Let me ask you this, Big Cliff. Go ahead. Here we is go. campaign wrong for his trash talk? To LeBron? Exactly. To the Lakers, period. Yes, but to LeBron. Is he wrong for that? Do you okay now? I'm, I'm asking you a question. I'm gonna qualify my answer. Do you want Big Cliff, host of Carolina Sports Talk, answer, or do you want Big Cliff, Lakers fan? Answer? Those are the same person. I want CJ's answer. CJ's answer the is the regular, the regular, regular person, not no fan and nothing. <laughs> the competitor that I know, the the spades cheating competitor <laughs> that I know you to be. I want your answer. Big Cliff does not in any way, shape, or form condone spades cheating unless you're not going to get caught. But no, uh, he is dead wrong, bro. Who are that's, you? That's you as a competitor. Yes. You you being the suavest dude that I know that thinks that he can get anything and anyone that he would want in this world if you wanted it. Okay. With the supreme confidence that you carry, campaign is wrong for what he did? Yes, ahead, because at the end of the day, I'm going to give respect. Let's put it to the fraternity perspective. So um, in, in our frat world, there are certain people who I'm going to give that reverence to. My big brother, Sam Burrs. That's my dog. There are certain things that I know Sam can't do better than me, but I'm still going to give him that reverence because, yo, you done it. You done done it. That's respect. I'm going to give you that. Bro, who are you, bro? And, and, the and, person and, that put you out of the playoffs last last season. That's exactly who he is. It, no, no, no. His team did. And he, he was did. not an integral part of that? Dog. Bro, I, I don't really, do that. Don't I, dismiss. I really wanted to tell you something. Don't dismiss. Now, bro, no, this dude is no. He's not on LeBron's level. To, it ain't it, about being on dog, LeBron's level, bro. Even, I'm not even a fan it's not of about, LeBron. It's not bro. about being on LeBron's level. I don't even level. like LeBron, it's dog. About, but at the end of the day, it's not about that. Prime example, Coach K. I respect Coach K. There's not. I'm not gonna run up at that dude saying, "Yo, nah, yo, bump dude, dog, cause y'all suck." Blah, blah, blah. I'm gonna talk trash, but. It's with reverence and respect. There's levels to it. So you bro. can you can you can tell a man how he needs to talk trash when he's in the heart of play of a game that he absolutely loves. Here's Are you why. kidding me? Here's why he's wrong. Are you kidding too. me? Here's why he's wrong, and here's where the fan answer comes in. I hope we get emails this week. Are you kidding me right now, bro? <laughs> Go ahead, bro. I'm with it. I'm glad he did it because you know what LeBron did. Okay. Right. Yeah. Take the notes. Nobody's scared of you, bro. Okay. Who's supposed to be scared of LeBron, bro? Okay. You ain't got to be scared That's to get fine. your head busting. Exactly. And, and so any fight that you go into, you think that you're about to lose? No, no, I know I'm not. All right, then. But does So that what mean, mentality does that, do I need to go into when I'm playing the Lakers, when I'm about to play the Lakers? Reverence. Respect. Man, please, man. After we just put y'all out of the playoffs last year? Get please. No, no, no. I don't like how you said that y'all or we is a little too inclusive because the Knicks didn't do that. But neither here nor there. Cause wait, cause who did that? You said we, like like the Phoenix we. I understand that, but no, we I thought it came a little DJ High Star ish right now, as in not your licks, your Knicks. I'm speaking 
from the shoes and from the perspective of campaign. Yeah, now he's a bum first. And he's not. He he just needs to he be contributed around. to putting that bum contributed to putting the Lakers out yeah, of the playoffs last season. And then this how this down. how you know that it, t- it ticked LeBron off. LeBron said, "Don't forget what happened over a year ago, a year and a half ago in the bubble." LeBron, the whole season happened since then, bro. The whole season. So so it doesn't matter now. No, it does. Absolutely matters. But don't forget last season either. If if, if LeBron said Were that, and listen, if LeBron said that and the Suns had not made it to the, the uh, world championships or the finals, got then fine. But after the fi- after we put y'all out to get to the final or in our route to the finals, don't say, oh, don't skip over last year. But think about the year before last year. Remember what happened? We're not scared of you, bro. Nobody's intimidated by this dude, bro. <laughs> like I said, it sound good and it's fuel. All this, oh, they old, oh, they this, oh, they that. Okay. Holla at me come to It ain't none season. of that. It's just campaign was like, yo, <laughs> we digging in that behind right now. All right? You might want to get some charm and tissue. All right? <laughs> like I said, the notes have been taken. Hand, handwriting emoji, bro. The notes are there. So like I said, there's- Sound like LeBron. The, salty. Nah, that ain't no thing. <laughs> You got the soundboard. That's the only reason you're able to do that. <laughs> so I'd be like, that's a big deal. Yeah, nah. I know. See, you ain't nah, even going to show me love. Nope. nope. <laughs> nah, not why you right, roasting my... Right. What's, we talking about my Lakers. What's up with your Knicks, bro? What's up with them? What are they looking like right now? What, I, mean, I don't know. Up to expectations. I don't know. We don't be talking about a preseason. We don't talk about... Listen, I'm cool with whatever we at. Julius Randle, what up, bro? I'm coming up there to the city. Shout out. Hey. Tell me if I need to bring anything up there, bro. A bottle, whatever. Y'all let me know. And shout out to Evan Fournier. You know what I'm saying? That's all. They little bright spots here and there. But what? You think I got some expectations? Listen, either way, we know that Los Angeles will be fine at the conclusion of the season. And as the playoffs round into form... We will be a top four seed and not having any worries at all. Um, some other teams that are looking really good and also not having any worries. I kind right of alluded now. to them. Yeah, these teams that you're about to bring up, I alluded yeah. to in the um, rundown. The Chicago Bulls, man, are playing some really, really good basketball, man. Like I said it at the end of the season and then throughout the offseason with the acquisitions that they made. And they've yet again Kept made me them up. sports. Listen, sports dramas. They made me true. They have started off four and zero for the first time since the 1997, 96, 97 season. Um, man, they're looking good. They beat the uh, Raptors Monday night in a one eleven one zero eight victory. That you just talked about Lonzo Ball, man. When did this dude learn how to shoot, man? He knocked down five threes. He's what got, is it? What do you think it is? Because so this is third team in what four years, five years in the five league, maybe? years, five. <clears throat> you need to before you get labeled a journeyman, you need to kind of find a like a home. In other words, like real talk, right, you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, as far yeah. as for your legacy, but go ahead. What what do you think the difference is? I think the difference is they've got a lot of hungry role playing players who understand who and what they're supposed to be. Prime example: It hurt my heart when we lost Alex Caruso, but he's out there balling for them. Granted, he only had um, eight points. But he added another four steals. I was about to say, we know the impact that he makes on a game. Exactly. And so you look, they've got a lot of those hungry players who like like, like Lonzo are looking to not have that title of journeyman on them. And so they're looking for a home and they've got a lot of cohesiveness going on and they play defense. It's, it's, I'm going to say this early, but it's the scary kind of chemistry that Miami had a few years ago. Exactly. That's the underdog uh, mentality. But the the same underdog mentality becomes a dog mentality of we could be anybody on any given night. We're going to beat anybody. Teams that have one or two of those players are automatically dangerous. Chicago has a roster of them. Even if, like Ball, uh, Caruso, 
DeRozan. Who thought DeRozan was, when he left Toronto and was buried down there in in, San Antonio, Antonio, who thought he was going to come back like this? But he's got that tenacity, and they're literally feeding off of one another, man. Chicago is... Which will make that fourth, fifth, sixth player Mm -hmm. say, you know what? I got to get my my Hubbard on, if you will, for like Carolina Panthers. Like, I got to step up and, okay, now I got to knock down the shot. Or like, when LeBron would, anytime he would have his teams, a Danny Green or somebody would be like, well, shoot, these guys is getting it. Let me step I up. I got to go ahead and, yeah, contribute. Let me spend an extra 30 minutes in the gym shooting. And and, and, and some stuff that I was reading on social media, they're actually hanging out outside of the, the working out the and outside of the facilities. That's stuff what too. I'm saying. The, we the talked Miami. about Exactly. We talked about it uh, last year with the cohesiveness that uh, I think it was my, both Miami and even your Knicks had mm-hmm. where you spend time with these guys, you learn these guys, you start having a rapport with players. I honestly don't believe that the Lakers last year had any of that. That cohesiveness was not there, and we just—it was almost I the agree. assumption that hey, we are because the Lakers, we got right, we and got because LeBron we, and AD, exactly. well, we got this. But no, now you got a bunch of the players, and that's what again another reason why I'm not worried about them. That that, that cohesiveness is there. You can tell the teams that like each other and those that don't. The Brooklyn Nets don't look like they like each other right now, and 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 even with Kyrie, the situation going on. You look at James Harden. James is just so flustered with the new rules, and granted. We know that there's going to be some adjustment period for the rules, and just so you guys know what we're talking about, the um, there's been a, there was a rule that we talked about a couple of weeks ago that they've implemented this season that allows players or restricts players from being able to do any awkward, unnatural movements and get calls on the fouls. This season has the lowest amount of foul calls in the history. If it goes on, it'll be the lowest percentage. I think they're averaging 14 fouls or foul shots per game as we're in years past. 25, 26. So he's too worried about that right now where he's like, yo, I'm not getting close. Arguing and fussing. People asking him about Kyrie, his homeboy. He's like, man, I ain't got nothing to do with that. Uh, but these fouls, though. <laughs> like, And I, w- I will say this. The it's the game has turned. I hate that NBA ends to an extent or a degree that the NFL has turned into what it's turned into, right? So mm-hmm. it's like after every play, we have to get ready to see a crybaby. Looking mm-hmm. at the ref now, mm-hmm. and what that mm-hmm. does for a team, it takes away one player on the transition, right? It takes away two players on transition. So you might see a botched defensive play for your team because your guy didn't get that call. And now, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm just pulling names out here, but I see Julius Randle or Evan Fournier arguing with the ref, and I only got four guys back on defense, and the other team gets an easy score. I'm mad as a fan now. I know that Coach Thibodeau is mad. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that's what the NBA has turned into. Like, instead of fluid play, after a big contact or a heavy contact play, right. the guy that, that whatever is trying to sell the foul so much, and then when he doesn't get the call, looks back and spends another 15 seconds try, like staring down the ref or whatnot and not getting back on defense or whatever. One of the things that I noticed um, in the Olympics the Olympic style of basketball, the European is, style, yeah, is more closely related to what we've seen now. This I think season. I think the leagues heard um, when uh, Luca was saying how much easier it is to score in the NBA than it is in international play because they're much more physical. And so I think with the adjustment of what they saw in the Olympics, knowing that hey, we look bad in the world, I think this adjustment has a lot to do with that. And so we're seeing the tenacious mentality and, and, and nature come back to the game this year. And so it's exciting to see. Shout man. out to the global influence. It, big facts. So or we're so used to influence. the NBA influencing the world. Everything else, right. And now it's like... It started off with the Euro step. Okay, we're mm-hmm. going to bring that over. In. But 
like when we like to your point when we saw these play uh these Olympics this past year mm-hmm. or the past summer they wasn't getting them ticket at the beginning <laughs> exactly so at the beginning of the Olympics everybody was nervous rightfully so mm-hmm. because we were taking L's and it was closed games because those calls wasn't being called that they thought was a gimme and I can get an and one off of this uh-huh. or whatever like that uh-huh. yeah. It's going to bring basketball. I'm not going to say it back to the 90s because the 90s was wild. Definitely. <laughs> and also, quick shout out to Kareem Abdul Jabbar. They had put up on uh, social media the other day. It was the anniversary of him um, popping my man in the face after he had got the elbow. <laughs> after he had got an elbow to him, he, uh, come here. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to Kareem. Yeah, man. But um, it's 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 getting back to some. Hard down, mm-hmm. good basketball. I mentioned last season and, and all throughout the playoffs that that was one of my more favorite playoffs. This year, I think it's going to surpass even last year, man. I got another list for us to work on. Okay, go. Cool. And I was thinking about it this past week, and it's open to all of our listeners. I haven't mentioned this in pre-production at all, but top 10 enforcers in the league right now. Mm-hmm. Right now. So That's uh, a you good know, one. And, of course, so let's... For our audience, let's go ahead and give a couple past enforcers that stand out to you. Rick Mahorn for me, Charles Oakley, if you will, Anthony Dennis Mason. Rodman. Come on, Dennis Rodman is the consummate or the, yeah. you know what I mean, the ideal. But yeah, so enforcers, y'all go ahead and email us that at. Make sure you hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net with your top 10 favorite enforcers. Currently in the NBA, in the NBA, you, your, your, your uh, wheels is churning up there. Look yeah. like you're thinking about a couple, right? <laughs> Already, man. I'm excited to see what the what the listeners submit, but I got a couple that we're gonna definitely work on Me with well. for next week. Just before we get rid, uh, get rid of, get uh, get off of basketball, another team that has got a, a young bunch of dogs. undercat mm-hmm. dog like lion fighters, the Bobcats. Charlotte Horton Bobcats, right? <laughs> They're ready to sting you. The, the Charlotte Hornets, man, are playing good ball too, bro. Like, no. is Melo? And, and I'm gonna. Go, I think at this point, even with the original Melo on my team, I'm willing to call him my, the Melo Melo, bro. Like, I think he's earned it with the play. It's that he's less got. blasphemous than the AI sticky situation we had the other week. It's he less blasphemous. He's AI. What do we want me to do? He's, yeah, you're right. Again, Allen Iverson is AI. But listen, <laughs> whenever it comes, but um, a couple, a couple. We key things. Practice. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly Oubre and um, and Terry Rozier is still practice. here, right? Yes. With us. So I think Terry... and So let me ask this, though. Mm-hmm. And this is in full transparency. I'm being naive because my basketball team officially is the Knicks and the, the Hornets is probably my third, my tertiary team after the Warriors. Okay. Your man that was the face of the franchise when we had the, um, the All-Star game here with the Braids, short dude with the threes. Short dude, um, duh. What's boy name? Number four, I want to say Graham. Graham. Okay. Is he still? No, I believe he was a part of the trade, and he gotcha. is, was in Boston. If I'm not mistaken. The saying. part of the trade to get who? When we um, he went over to Boston to get with, what Kelly Oubre? No, no, he went to Boston when we um got rid of Kemba. Yeah. No, he was with the team last year though, last season. Oh, okay. Graham was so, but anyway, so you're saying he's he's not because I haven't seen his face. In other words, right? And I don't think so. Let's let's take a look and see. We can sure. Yeah, let's pull it up. To your point. So you know, um, Devontae Graham, him getting out of there and going to the Pelicans. What it did see last season on Doran Mello's rookie season, it was a lot of um, not confusion, but it was a alpha male struggle, if you will. 
And mm-hmm. at the same time, it was an alpha male struggle. It was the wrong timing for that because Devontae Graham was going through a drought exactly. and a little slump. Mm-hmm. So while LaMelo was fearless and he didn't care about who, listen, just put me on the floor and give me a basketball. You know what <laughs> I mean? I'm going to make plays. And guess who Guess who? Um, who acquiesced and, and, and fell in line? Terry Rozier. Exactly. <laughs> and he's still there. Exactly. But he's still it looked like it last, I felt it last season, and I think that I might have brought it up on Carolina Sports Talk, but um, it felt like Devontae Graham just always wanted to cement his spot as the face of the franchise. And look, when they bought the All-Star game to Charlotte, I'm the only All-Star here from Charlotte and things like that. And Melo just came in there and straight flat out balled out. Big facts. Uh, I think one of the things that's allowing them to be this dynamic that they are this year, similar to what we just talked about with the Bulls, they're hungry. They're dogs, and those guys are playing. Additionally, they got some of like the length. They're some of the biggest team, one of the bigger teams in the league with regards to just the size in their front court. Um, if you look at their website, it talks about uh, on the Hornets site, PJ Washington with a seven foot two wingspan. Cody Martin with a six foot ten. Jalen has a seven foot. Even Terry has a six foot eight. Lametto has a six foot eight. Um, Carney, uh, Carrie, excuse me, with a seven foot one wingspan. So when you're coming and driving to the hole, you're not just able to just hit the middle and go and just get these easy buckets. You you gonna know that you was there, and these these guys are plugging the hole. And so like that between that and their offensive um, just efficiency at this point, the Hornets look like they're going to be a squad this year, man. The East. Would you go out as far as to say the East is better than the West this year? Um, not not just yet. Again, I, I want to see maybe a quarter of the season go by. It's still too small of a sample size, but they're definitely competitive um, more than they have been in the past where it was just, oh, wherever LeBron's at, that's the dominant conference or the dominant coast or whatnot. No, it's like now nah, this year, yeah, the East has been had something to say, but now it's more one of your favorite words or one of my favorite words of yours, more parity throughout the Eastern Conference, even with the Knicks um, having their inconsistent, you know what I mean, performances, they're still in the conversation, whereas, you know, they wouldn't have been in the past, period. So it's more parity in the East. And then again, you got a lot of younger players that are coming up that are going to be, you know what I mean, making their, uh, making their teams respected. Definitely. It, it, it's going to be a good season this year, man. With the parity, like you said, across the board in both the East and the West, the NBA is winning right now, man. Like, it's it's all <laughs> it's funny how when, when teams start sucking like my Panthers or the Patriots, um, you, you, those fans start drawing towards a message. Uh, they start trying to draw in towards their college football teams. Or, What's the playoff looking like? Or, yo, it's basketball season. Let me go see what my team doing. Yo, it's, it's really even with the hopes of us being able to turn it around with whatever moves we make or do or don't make around the trade, I'm still interested in basketball early this year, bro. And I'm, I mean, I'm excited for the year. So uh, along that with basketball and, and we know baseball is doing this thing. The World Series is starting. Shout out to hopefully the Atlanta Braves. We'll talk about that a little bit more next week. Um, that leads me to our nothing to do with sports segment for the week, man. Um, there are a lot of songs that when you hear them, they just instantly make you think about sports. Mm hmm. Uh, one of such songs. Can you hear this and just not automatically think sports? I mean, you start doing the motions with your hands and stuff, right? And you can like literally like. I do want to say shout out to Bank of America Stadium 
where those plastic football uh, runners or, or bleachers or whatever you call them uh-huh. make some of the greatest noises in the world whenever it's all oh, in unison. Absolutely. So with that, there are so many different songs that kind of come to mind. And so one of the things we want to talk about today, um, we're, we want to hear from you, the listeners. We want to hear what are your top five favorite sports songs of all times? And so what we're going to do, similar to what we did last week with the uh, nothing to do with sports, sending you guys over to the relationship status. And hopefully you were able to get the answer from that because they really they really dove in with that one. Um, but this week, we want you to be able to send your answers over to the Music Jones, another show here on Crux Media. Uh, they, they talk about all kinds of genres of music and just they're really hip hop historians and just really good guys. And so send go and check over the lyrics over to them and listen in and see what they have to say to what their top five favorite sports songs of all time is. And make sure you sh- hit us up on the cliff at carolinasportstalk.net, the Carolina Sports Talk line, and let us know what your top five so, favorite sports songs cliff, as well. I think that personally, you know, might be an unpopular opinion, but I think that we should join forces on this one. We have a collective Carolina Sports Talk list that we present to the to the public instead of us both coming up with a list and mine stepping all over <laughs> yours or yours stepping all over mine. So if, if you don't mind, I wanted to put a couple of suggestions or contributions out there as well. Okay. So we got your We Will Rock You, of course. Uh-huh. Um, I am a proponent of Hit the Road Jack. Um, I think anytime being in a home arena, basketball-wise, and you know that something like that child, your team is, is winning and, and winning crazy... Them keys come out. Oh, big fat. And hit, if you've never hit been in a stadium jack. where Hit the Road Jack is playing and you are on the home side of everything and talking to away fans, you wouldn't understand. And there's there's different levels of this. Like, we talked about the first one. This one for me this is one another one. Um, we are the champions. Oh, Like, how can you not hear this and instantly think, uh, think of every Super Bowl victory that your team may have won? Or I can remember... Uh, AAU championships they played this when we won and crying tears bro like yo we just legit won bro like songs like these and there's um, even some other ones that just come to mind that really just put you in the mindset of like amping yourself another one a slow key sleeper lose yourself by Eminem okay so not in just due to that one cause and that's more or less to me that's more or less headphone music when you zoning out like as far as one of the players on the team but something for the audience, like whenever they got to getting their popcorn and they're getting their beer and everything like that, mm-hmm. nothing beats who lets the dogs out, bro. Who let the dogs out? Nothing okay. really beats that. Um, anytime you got any kind of like 80s VH1 type of music, uh-huh. everybody uh-huh. dance now, stuff like that, you get in the, the audience, you know what I'm saying, involved. This one as well, another great one, another timeless classic. So does rock have a kind of... Uh, uh, dominance on the genre, would you say? I wouldn't say that at all. I mean, the thing is, so with sports songs, with sports songs, they're so timeless that it's it's it just takes a while to usurp or retire certain songs, right? Let's think about Neil Diamond in that Bank of America Stadium. Oh, okay. Oh, let's. So are we? Are we? Come on. Are we? Are we? You're come. talking to a DJ here. Don't forget that. You know what I'm saying. So shout out to Music Jones podcast and stuff like that. But let's talk about Neil Diamonds. You know, in Carolina, whenever we're winning a game and it's the third or fourth quarter and you didn't had your fourth beer, you know. Listen, there is nothing like. And I realized I found out that they're playing this in Boston too. So 
this is one that's another one that's really up there. Like, I don't even like this kind of music, but this song here, bro, like, how can you? Well, not- there's the thing, cause you're chilling, right? And you look to the left of you and the right of you, and Brad and then uh, Abigail and them, they really going in and they drunk at the game and they singing this part of it. They not even singing the hook. They singing this part. Right. And they getting ready for the hook. They high-fiving each other and know what time it is. Man. So another one, like, and I, I went to go and look it up just now because it literally, all I could think was the Rocky theme. But, like, there's so many, man. So... If you had to name your two, give me two. After the hook. Right. Of course. Sweet Caroline. Bum, bum, bum. Good times never fell. So good. So good. So good. So good. I've been inclined. Uh, uh, and I've never known those words until Apple Music. Like, as far as the second, that little second, I've been inclined. I'm normally too inebriated to sing that Listen, part. By that point, it's just yeah. a... Uh, At that bum, point, you're bum, like, bop, bop, bop. But yeah, so mine's definitely would be Who Let the Dogs Out okay. and Hit the Road Jack. Bro, it, like, Hit the Road Jack, it was, a, um, it was a theme song for a certain TV show off of WB, and I can't remember what that show was, but... Both of those just stand out to me as far as sports songs. So, so for me, my two would be, I'm going to have to go with this one, Rocky. Because, again, I didn't even know that the, this song had a name. It's going to fly now. Um, it's the name of the song right, for y'all. Exactly. <laughs> but, like, this theme is just iconic. You can't hear this and not see Rocky run Don't overthink steps, it, bro. bro. Um, and so Because that's two. why I picked how I picked my two. But go ahead. <laughs> and so for, the, for me, that one, and then We Are the Champions. Because, again... Self-explanatory. Yeah, yeah, don't over. You ain't gotta oversell it, bro. I got you. Yeah. I, I understand why. It's so iconic. It goes into your veins. It's and at the bubbles core. Up. In the you know what I mean? Nah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> but yeah, make sure you guys send us yours. We want. We definitely want to hear from you and hear what songs automatically make you think about sports. And so hit the, hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at CarolinaSportsTalk.net. Make sure you check out Music Jones to hear what they have to say, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. So. That is going to be it for us mm. this week. We appreciate you guys stick, checking in with us. My dog, anything you want to highlight to people about, bro? Look, man, shout out to all of the fantasy football players and fantasy football managers out there. I know it's not an easy thing to do all week. Y'all need to be focused on y'all work and the emails that your bosses are sending y'all. And don't be so focused <laughs> on those lineups. Let me do that. Somebody without a job. You know what I'm saying? Let me focus on that so I can get some W's in. I don't know what y'all are doing. Y'all claim y'all got 40-hour work weeks and everything like that. You got too much time. I don't know how y'all getting all of these backup players, all right? Y'all scooping them off the board too quickly. Relax. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's going to do it for us on this, ep- this week's episode. Make sure you hit us up on the Carolina Sports Talk line, Cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. You can check us out on social media at Carolina Sports Talk on Facebook or Instagram. And make sure you f- check out your favorite podcast app and listen to Carolina Sports Talk. It's your man, Big Cliff. Until next week, peace.